2: That's right. Another week, and I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 59. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Eagle Safety, Chris Maragos, in a very special edition of Chalk Talk. It's not only special because Chris is the first current Eagles player to sit in the big chair for an entire Chalk Talk segment, but also because we talk about special teams, what I like to call the third phase of the game. Chris and I cover some of the finer points of special teams and break down some of the misconceptions that we hear all year round about players that thrive in that role, so you do not want to miss that discussion. After my chat with Chris, I jump into two technique where I caught up with Eagles rookie safety, Blake Countess. Blake was one of my favorite picks that the Eagles made in April's draft, and we talk about one of the toughest parts of playing safety, running the alley. So stick around, find out what all that means, and then we wrap it all up in Saturday Scouting, where we keep the safety theme going. When I look back on my notes of rookie Jalen Mills out of LSU, the Eagles got him in the seventh round of the draft, but I, along with many others, thought that he would be picked much earlier than that. I'll explain why at the end of this week's show. But before we get into the rest of the show, let's not waste any time. I caught up with Chris Maragos to talk about special teams playing in the NFL. Let's get things rolling with Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Very happy to be joined by Eagle Safety, Chris Maragos and Chris Uh, You've been here now for a few years. Eagles fans are very, very familiar with what you bring to the table. And I wanted to have you join us here on the podcast to talk about special teams and and really kind of dive into the third phase of the game. Uh, What's one aspect of it that you think fans don't think about enough? It's something that's kind of underrated flying under the radar a little bit.
1: That's a good question, I think just face value, I think so many people think about you know just running down the field on a kickoff and you know everybody just running down you know with fire in their hair and you know just running to wherever the ball goes. i think that's the biggest misconception is you know it 's just kind of just a free for all play you know there's there's so many set things um, you know things that guys are executing a lot of techniques, and uh, you know I, I think a lot of that stuff kind of gets overlooked a lot of times
2: yeah, no question what is it that you think? it takes to be – what's the most important trait to have if you're going to be a good special teamer?
1: I think I think an inner desire. Yeah. I think, you know, there's – for sure, I think there's definitely a lot of things. You know, for me, I didn't really feel – I mean, I felt confident in my game, but not to where I felt like I really mastered it until probably my fourth year. It took took probably that long, as, as crazy as that seems. Um, but I think as you kind of get those things and kind of the traits of, you know, kind of what it looks like to go down the field and kind of know what you're doing – but I think most importantly, it's, it's, it's a desire just because on special teams, you know, a lot of times it's just a one on one matchup. You know, yeah. it's, you got to beat this guy. And and I think when you look at another man, you know that I'm not going to be denied that I'm going to have the will, uh, you know, and the desire to go out there and, and execute and make sure that you can't beat me. At the end of the day, that trumps all things, in my opinion.
2: Did you have that same passion for it when you were in college?
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, I I think just because that's kind of where I started out. You know, being a walk on, you know, trying to work my way up to the depth chart. You know, trying to make some plays on special teams to prove that I could, you know, play on offense or defense. So for me, it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, you know, you know, you just go out there and execute it. And I think on top of that too is it's the most fun playing all football. You know, (laughs) anytime you're out on special teams because. You know, it's you're running sixty yards, seventy yards sometimes, and you know you're running full speed, and you're just playing fast, and and it's really truly the pureness of the game, so it's fun.
2: Well, I I think I know what the answer to this question is going to be. Of the core special teams units, what is the your favorite one to be on?
1: Yeah, I would say kickoff for yeah. sure. Go yeah. well, Tell us why. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think just because, you know, there's, it's so st- strategic, you know. I think when you look at, for me, all the different uh, vision and sight lines that I see, you know, out on the field when I'm running down, there's so many things I'm keen on. And then once I get a good feel of what, what I think might be happening, then it's just going out there playing fast and just reacting and, uh it's really the ultimate play of what a football player is. It's, you need to have speed, you need to have intelligence, you need to have smarts, you need to have instincts, you need to be able to tackle in space, you need to do all these things that are really difficult all in one time, and I think it just really culminates you know what a football player should be
2: well it's really interesting. so we a couple months ago we just got done through all the draft stuff and everything yep. leading up to the draft totally. and always hear about some players you know at the college level and they say oh well you know this linebacker he's he's not athletic enough or big enough to be a starter but he'll be he'll be great on special teams or this safety you know he's he doesn't take great angles downhill and he's not an outstanding tackler but he'll be able to stay, play special teams right. i mean that, it's just funny how that stuff just flies under the radar it's,
1: it's really the biggest misconception yeah. you know i think because almost you need to be you know more aware of what's going on in terms of angles or just body control or just you know overall athleticism um, you know, just to be able to play and play at a high level on special teams. You know, yeah, you can slap some guys out there, and, and there's different roles. I mean, some guys are speed players, some guys are stack players, some guys are, are more field players, some guys are more penetrator type guys. So everybody does have different roles, but um, you know, it really does take uh, you know a lot of just a just an overall feel for the game. And I think if you can execute well on special teams, you know, you can develop you know to play on offense or defense too.
2: Well, you talked about kickoff coverage, and, and one of the first things you said was how a lot of people think, oh, it's just everybody run. Down and get the ball. Yep. All the different positions. You start at the R1, you yeah. go all the way down. Exactly. What are the different roles of something? We don't have to get into specifics on totally. any particular calls, but what are the roles of those different players?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, your, your ones on the outsides and your perimeter, uh, furthest away from where the kicker's kicking the ball. I would say those guys have to have a really good feel for kind of just sliding in, feeling gaps, things like that. Uh, your two, the next guy in closest to the kickers, those are going to be, uh, you know, guys who have a, a combination of strength and speed, can hold the edge, can be a Contain type player um, but also have enough speed to get down and really kind of force and, and close that net on the returner and then really they call the the hunters on the inside you know guys that are a combination of the third guy fourth guy and fifth guy into the kickers those guys are a combination of guys who play fast and have good instincts and then also stack players who have a good feel for kind of sliding in and filling in gaps and really guys just kind of you know, fold off of that, and uh you know, if you get the right mix of guy who guys who have a good feel on how to play with each other, and really get a feel of you know who's going to do what, and, and can really understand and kind of you know kind of have an expectation of, of where a guy might react or cut or you know do things certain things, then I think you get really good units and, and guys who can play really well. What is it? How long does that take? Obviously during
2: training camp and, uh, and yeah. during this period during OTAs and mini camps uh, you're working with different players on the, all these yep. special teams units. How long does that take to really kind of gel and work together?
1: It does. It, t- it takes time. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, I'm constantly in communication. Maybe, you know, I play more of a, a speed position. So I'm talking to my stack players and I'm saying, hey, listen, you know, if I get this certain look, expect me to do this so they you know, you can react and, and just know that I'm probably going to do this and that you can go this way or whatever it might be. And so, you know, just kind of, you know, getting that, that feel, that comfort, um, you know, just to be able to kind of play well together. And, and I think the faster you can play, you know, we always talk about, you know, speeding your body up but slowing your mind down. And I think that's the ultimate indicator on special teams is the best guys who can speed their body up and play super fast, because it's a fast play. It's, it's all out. It's relentless type play. But slow their mind down to be able to be in such good control, um, then you can really start putting your body in good positions to make plays. A
2: couple of months ago, I had Ike Reese on the show, and we talked about, yeah. obviously, he was a great special yeah, team oh, yeah, right here great. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ike talked about when he came into the league, he was a rookie – they didn't want to give them anything on defense they said yeah. focus everything on special teams yeah. is that something you still see now with some of the young guys coming up
1: absolutely you know I, I think you know when you really look at you know as you go through otas and as you go through into training camp you know you start looking at your role on the team you start looking okay there's starters in front of me there's guys who are going to be playing okay i know on game day i might be doing my position on offense or defense right now but once we get to game day and things are really shaking out and those guys are in there all the time my primary role is going to be on special teams and and it's, it's a whole game Plan. I mean, I, I take you know when I game plan throughout the week, you know I'm breaking down all the different films and situations and splits and all different types of things that I'm taking into account to really try to get a beat on what might happen and, and really be able to do it. So, yeah, it takes a lot of attention for sure.
2: It's a little bit of a different world in college and the NFL, but mm-hmm. I, when I was at Temple, uh, I was around a lot of coaches who said, you know, they want they want all their starters, and you're not going to be a starter on offense or defense unless you're a starter on special teams. Totally. Was that how it was at Wisconsin as well?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, because you need it, you know, I think, so often there's this misconception of you know an offense or defense okay you're going to put those guys out there you know special teams i've seen the biggest swings in field positions on special teams and and i think if you don't have the right key guys out there i think that's why a lot of coaches want to have starters out there because you know if you if you know if you get creased in one little area or one guy doesn't know what they're doing or they're a weak link you know i mean a kickoff can go you know 40 yards field position that's like four first downs you know for for an offense to score or, you know explosive play on defense or whatever it might be so um you know really guys got to be dialed in making sure everybody's fitting and doing their role and making sure that they're executing for the team's sake
2: how quickly can you tell with obviously look this is the time when you're seeing a lot of the rookies come in and they're trying some some of them playing special teams for the first time totally. in their career yep how quickly can you tell this guy has what it takes or he just doesn't
1: totally yeah you know it's it's it, it, it's um It's somewhat tough until you kind of get uh, actually in game situations. You can tell initially, for me, I can tell within three practices if a guy's got enough of the ability to do it. Now the mentality and the mindset and being able to perfect their craft and really peel back the layers and refine and, and, and really be a craftsman at what they do, that's yet to be determined based on the guy's mentality, their inner desire, their inner workings. Um, you know, I've always said, you know, if a guy plays with strain, which I think you need to play on special teams, I feel like it's a talent. I I don't think it's something you acquire, you develop or say, Oh, I'm, I'm going to play hard. Interesting. You know, I feel like it's really a talent to have kind of like speed or ability to catch the ball. Well, I think it's something that's inside of you. You know, you you could tell a guy, okay, play harder. He might do it for a player or two, but to consistently do it and it just come natural. I, I think it's a talent. And so, um, you need to have that.
2: So you think the mental side of it definitely is—it's harder to attain as opposed to the physical side.
1: Totally, yep. And I think—and the reason why on special teams is there's so many moving parts and things are moving so fast. You know, you're you're running full speed and you have to be able to make decisions really quick and you know a lot of guys might be able to run really fast or they might be able to cut really fast but when you have to make that decision you know and and to make a cut or a break or to put your body in position and you don't do the right thing or you don't know what you're doing doesn't matter how fast somebody is doesn't matter how quick they are doesn't matter how strong they are uh, if you don't know where you're going to put yourself uh, a lot of bad things can happen and if you do know where to put yourself those are the guys who really are able to make a lot of plays and, and have success
2: who's your favorite special teamer that you've ever played with in your career
1: yeah, that I played with? Or yeah, against? played with. Um, well, we got a lot of great ones on our team. Sure. Um, I played with a couple guys, uh, Michael Robinson in Seattle and, and the 49ers, Heath Farwell. Uh, he was a guy I learned a lot from. Um, uh, Trey Burton's a great one. Yeah. Brian Brayman. You look at all the guys on our team, Najee Good. Everybody's got such uniqueness uh, to what they do. And you know I think it's just seeing those special characteristics and, and seeing how every guy... Alpha or something to the table, and uh, man i 've learned from all those guys, I still do uh, even the guys on our team man it's it 's fun to watch what they do and for me to ask them why they 're doing it or watch them on film and try to understand what they 're doing and why they 're doing it and um, you know we 're really fortunate to have a lot of good players on this team.
2: Talk about Trey because I think he his interesting or his story is so interesting because yep. obviously look he came from Florida where he yep. played every single position on offense he was totally. a quarterback, running back yep. receiver. And then obviously coming here and playing special teams, yep. how was that for him you got to see him kind of grow into that role?
1: Absolutely. I mean, he's a great football player. Um, I mean, when you really look at what he can provide in terms of just overall knowledge from an offensive perspective, it's unbelievable. And his versatility is, is off the charts. Um, he's a guy that I think has got a really bright future in terms of special teams. Um You know, he's a guy who's very unique because usually you get a guy in special teams who's smaller, but they're faster and not as strong, or you get a guy who's bigger and they're slower, but they're stronger. You know, Trey's a a pretty unique blend in terms of uh, size, speed, and athleticism. Um, and so he's been able to do some really good things in terms of uh, the mental aspect of the game. He's he's a hard worker. Uh, he's a great guy. He's willing to work at it. He's perfecting his craft every single day. He's got a desire to play. Um, you know, it just you can't say enough good things about him and, and what he's been able to accomplish and, and, and where he's going and just a fun guy to play with and uh, just just a blast to be around.
2: Would you rather have a blocked kick or a t- return for a touchdown? Against us, for you. So for us? You, you get a, you get a block kick uh, for for your side, or, or you block for a return for the touchdown.
1: I would say uh, I would say a, a block for a return. Okay, just because um, it's kind of like an offensive play. Every single guy has to block perfectly, and a guy's got to make a guy miss to to kind of make it happen. You know, if you block, you know, you might be able to scheme something up where you could do a nice little twist and you get a, a block punt and it goes in. But I think when you really look at like a a kickoff return or a return touchdown on a punt return, you know, you really need to have all 11 guys doing what they need to do. And that's really hard because there's a lot of moving parts out there. I mean, you could have 10 guys doing it right, one guy messes it up, and that guy makes a play, and the whole return shot. And so I think, you know, to me, from a team aspect, uh, that's most impressive is when you see those types of things because it's so hard to do to have all 11 on the same page dominating.
2: Well, the last question for you, Chris. Last two years, ton of big plays on special teams. Totally. Your favorite one uh, of all the plays that have have happened in the last two years?
1: Yeah. You know, I would say um, it's a really good question. It's a really good question. I would say uh, we had a return, uh, kickoff return uh, Josh Huff scored on. Um, When you really look at kind of how the play developed, you saw uh, a great double team. Uh, You saw guys winning their single blocks. You saw the wedge players kicking out. You saw Huff make a guy miss. You saw him stiff armor guy. I think when you really see all that encompassing together, um, that's a pretty impressive play. Obviously, you look at Sproles' returns. A lot of the times, they're they're just unbelievable. The guy is super talented, um, and you know they're all special for different reasons, but. But, you know, I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, you look at the block punts against the 49ers, you know, that, that, that Trey and those guys had. Uh, James Casey had one against St. Louis. You know, we uh, Coach Phipp has some nice checks and adjustments for that. So you look at how impressive that was that Coach Phipp saw what it was, and then he was going to execute something, and then all the players caught on to it and then we were able to check into something that was able to work for us. Um, they're just all different for different reasons, and, and they're all obviously special plays because they were able to, to result for blocks or touchdowns. So they're, they're all fun.
2: Chris Maragos, the first Eagles player to sit in for a full Chalk Talk on the Eagle on the Sky podcast. <laughs> Appreciate the time here. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
2: Great stuff from Chris. And, again, you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Chris Maragos, and while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I really appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That's one way to support the show. But the other is to go on iTunes, go on Stitcher, and give us a rating and even leave us a comment. And I want to give a shout-out to Thompson Time, who rated the show last week and left a comment. He had some great things to say about the show, but also talked about how much love he had for the episode with Matt Bowen a couple weeks ago which you can go back to and listen to at any point. Just go back and look for episode 57. Thanks so much to Thompson and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all of the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. But let's keep this show going. I told you earlier that we would jump into the locker room to meet safety Blake Countess and talk about running the alley. But first, let me just explain what that alley is. The alley is that area between the wide receiver and the tackle or the tight end on the edge of the formation. So, Just imagine, close your eyes. Imagine in your head that you're sitting up in the nosebleed section of a stadium, straight back in the end zone, and the offense comes out and lines up, and you see that area between the right tackle and the wide receiver to the far right. That gap in between those two players, that's the alley. And often, just depending, you know, and obviously, look, it depends on the play call or what the run fit is or what the blitz is. Most often, a safety is responsible for that alley, whether it's the C-gap or the D-gap. Regardless, a safety more often than not is going to be responsible for that gap in the run fit, and that is called the alley. So one of the things I look for most in a college safety is the ability to run that alley and make a tackle one-on-one because it is not easy to do. So in my conversation with Blake, I begin with asking him about the timing that goes along with that whole process. Let's get to that conversation now in two technique. Time to get inside the mind of a player. It's time for two technique. I feel like one of the trickiest parts about running the alley, too, is uh, the timing. And that's one thing that I think gets lost is that, you know, you break down too early and and the guy's running past. You break down too late and you're definitely not going to be able to finish the tackle. How hard is that making the transition? Because it's obviously different making that tackle coming from distance as opposed to being up near
0: the line of scrimmage. Well, yeah, you, you have to you have to go in with a plan, and you have to know what you're going against as well. So, you know, every running back's different, um, and that's gonna that's gonna slow your approach, or maybe speed up your approach if you know you got a bigger running back that is not looking to make a cut, or is not looking to, to make you miss. He's really looking to to lower his shoulder and, and deliver the blow. So, um, you definitely have to know, you know, your competition, who you're going against. Um, and then it's, it's, it's about being aggressive. You know, as a defender, you, you always want to run through, run through contact. Um, you, you, you never want to stop your feet because you stop your feet, you give the offense the advantage, and you never
2: want to do that. Obviously, you saw some bigger backs in the SEC this past year. Is it harder when you're running the alley against some of those smaller backs where it's tough to gauge their speed? Or you got Derrick Henry coming down the alley and you know, all right, you know, I, I got to buckle up the chin strap and just go for it.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say when you have a, a shift of your back, it's definitely harder. Um, to run that alley um, with a bigger back, like I said, is he's coming downhill. You know, he's coming downhill. You know, strap your helmet up and, and let's go at it. Last question for you, like Where does running the alley rank in terms of
2: uh, the different tasks that you have to get accustomed to switching from corner to safety? Is it one of the harder things or is it easy for
0: you? Um, it's, it's definitely one of the, one of the harder things. Uh, you know, being a corner, you're always outside force. You're always an outside force player. Don't really have much to do with the run game. At safety, you're definitely in the, in the mix. And you know, I was one. I want to say it's it's top five. You know, probably up there with you know running sideline to sideline on the deep balls. So um, definitely playing the middle middle of the field is definitely one of the things that I, that I had the most um, not not difficulty, but the most. That was that was the most change in, in the transition.
2: Great stuff there from Blake, and he did a great job breaking down how to run the alley and make a tackle as a safety. So now I'm going to quickly break down how to subscribe to a podcast. And if you're listening to this on the Eagles app or on the website and you like what you hear, it's really simple. All you have to do, just go to your phone, go to your podcast app. All of your fancy schmancy smartphones have them, and you just search Eagle Eye in the Sky, you hit subscribe, and now this show downloads automatically to your phone Every week, and you can listen whenever and wherever you want. We've got this podcast. There's the Eagles Insider Podcast and the Journey to the Draft, which returns in the beginning of the season. The College Draft Podcast with myself and Ross Tucker. There's the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spadaro. There's a ton of great podcasts out there. All you have to do is know where to look bt my producer who's behind the glass right now was the one who turned me on to podcast a couple years ago and i have not ingested content the same way since but let's wrap this podcast up like we do each and every week let's get into saturday scouting it's time for saturday scouting all right so we're gonna keep the safety theme going i talked with chris maragos earlier we had Chatted with rookie safety Blake Countess, who was the Eagles' sixth-round pick earlier in two technique. Let's wrap it up now with a seventh-round pick, safety Jalen Mills from LSU. Now, I go back to my notes, and I I loved Jalen Mills, especially, you know, I watched him as a junior in 2014, then watched him again as a senior this past year in 2015, and I was just so impressed with him as an all-around football player. And let's get to the notes. Six-foot even, 191 pounds. This past year, he was the starting free safety in their base package. Almost always lining up to the strength of the run. They're looking at the offense. If the if the tight end or the fullback was shaded one direction, that's where Mills would line up. He was always lining up to the strength of the offense, and he played. But he did play most of his reps in the slot as the starter in the slot at nickel in their nickel package. He did play cornerback exclusively at the Senior Bowl. So I've seen him at safety, seen him at the nickel spot, and then also out wide at corner at the senior ball. Now, on tape, not only did I see him in all those different positions, but I also saw him line up as a single high player. I saw him line up in the slot. He lined up out wide and down in the box, and you love that positional versatility. That ability to line up at a number of different positions and win was big for me, and it's always big whenever I watch some of these college prospects in the secondary because that gives a defensive coordinator a lot of options with how to deploy them on game day. Now, going back to the notes, Ken pressed slot receivers and flex tight ends. He was a good athlete for the position, and he showed the requ- the required. Quickness and change of direction of play and man coverage in the NFL. He knows how to work to his help when he's lined up in the slot, which is a big thing. A lot of people think about playing in the slot and they say, "Oh yeah, as long as you're quick or if you're undersized, you you could stick in the slot." there's also a huge mental aspect to playing in the slot. And we saw that the issues that Dominique Rogers camardi had a few years back transitioning. He's as physically gifted as any corner in the NFL, but he had issues playing in the slot. And that, honestly, those, those are going to come up this, this year too in New York with Eli Apple being drafted. Is he going to have to slide back in the slot? That'll be very interesting to watch with the Giants. But you have to be able to know how to play to your help and also work closer to the football. Things happen faster. So seeing how a guy like Mills knows what to expect and knew how to uh, manage what was going on with the different route trees and then also work to his help, that was a great thing to see from him during his time at LSU. He's got the speed to play post-safety and work outside the numbers from the middle of the field, and he displayed the fluid hips of a corner, showing the ability to turn and run with receivers downfield. In terms of his ball skills, I, sh- I thought he showed the ability to look and lean and play the ball in the air. And What do I say by look and lean? Think of a, of a cornerback playing a receiver downfield, and he's looking to find the ball down the field. He's got his off arm on the hip of the receiver. He's leaning, and he's got his eyes on the ball. He's looking, so look and lean. That's what I mean by that. You like seeing a corner once he's in phase with a DB, and we've talked about that in a couple episodes going back now. Uh, I know last training camp I talked with Jalen Watkins uh, about what the difference is between in-phase and out-of-phase. You can go back and and listen to what that means. But when he's in-phase, you want to see that look and lean. Jalen Mills showed that. Uh, He's got great ball skills from a safety, and he will make plays in the air that others cannot. He was not tentative at all against the run. He was an aggressive player when he played down in the box, a very reliable tackler downhill, will run the alley and make a tackle in the flat. So there's that alley again. Uh, Jalen Mills showed the ability to do that during his time with the Tigers. He's tackled big backs like Derrick Henry one-on-one, and he's not afraid to get his nose dirty in the run game. Plays with a lot of energy, makes plays in pursuit, and he displayed a good motor, and he was also used as a blitzer often out of the slot. So those were the positives on Jalen Mills. How about some negatives? Obviously, look, he was a seventh-round pick. He was not a perfect player. There were some off-the-field issues that also may have had an impact there, some alleged off-the-field issues, but let's look, too, at some of the negatives in this game. There were some times this past year where, or I should say as a junior where I thought his eyes were a little bit slow. And what I mean by that is sometimes he didn't react as quickly as a post safety. So when he's lined up as a single high player, sometimes the ball would be thrown outside and he didn't react as quickly as you'd like to see. That, that was also his first year as a safety. So I would think that moving into the NFL, he's going to improve there and, and see things a little bit quicker. He definitely showed that he was more comfortable in press coverage than he was in off. Sometimes he was a little bit late breaking on the ball out of his pedal, and he showed a little bit too much separation when he played with a cushion. You know, can he he can do a better job looking for work and underneath his own coverage? So you want to see him just grow in those underneath concepts. And then also sometimes he'll come in a little bit too hot. And we talked about with Blake running the alley. You, it's all about timing. If you come in too, if you break down too early, you're not going to be able to make the tackle on time. And sometimes, if you break down too late, that's what I mean by coming in too hot. You come in too fast. It's almost like the Mighty Ducks. BT, who is the you watch Mighty Ducks? Who is the the uh, the, the player that was that skated way too fast? and he couldn't stop. I'm trying to remember that. And He couldn't stop, and he always ran into the wall. That's what I mean by coming in too hot. He was unable to break down in time, and so therefore he missed a tackle. There were times where Jalen Mills did that. And Again, that's a a problem that's very, very common with college defensive backs, and you see that get fixed when they get to the NFL level. So those are some of the negatives I saw with Jalen Mills. Overall, I thought he had great position versatility, and athletically he's got the ability to play anywhere in the secondary. I thought his instincts against the run and pass were a little bit of a concern, but it, and they could keep him from becoming anything more than a great sub-package player. But what did we talk about a couple months ago? Sub-package in the NFL is almost the, the name of the game. So it's just because I say that he may not be anything more than a great sub-package player does not mean that he cannot be an impact player on this Eagles defense. I still see some starting upside with him as well, whether that's as a press corner or as a cover safety. So those are my notes on Jalen Mills, a guy that... I'm very, very excited about here in Philadelphia moving forward, but I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Line of the Sky podcast. Thanks again to Chris Maragos, to Blake Countess, and all of you out there listening, whether you're on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in or Spotify, Google Play. We're on all these platforms. And, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And, again, if you get the time, go on, rate the show, leave us a comment, let us know what you think, shoot us a question. We'll answer it here on the show. I want to hear from everybody out there and keep making this show better each and every week. All that being said, another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast from my producer, BT. I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you all next week.